to me. Next up in Live Zone. Two gamers, one video game podcast. This is amazing. Nothing but video games with all the fun. Tune into the Consumption Network for weekly podcasts and updates. Come on, let's go. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of 1-0 Podcast. I'm your host, Next Step, the next step above the rest, and I'm here with the one, the only, the legendary live zone live zone and you know what we back with another episode and we're going to start with what broke this time you know things are always breaking in the gaming industry it's you know at at this point you'd think that we'd have everything together but you know perfect security (laughs) perfect security is not a thing so we're going to start with counter-strike 2 a new game that just came out and you know i haven't played counter-strike as much but i've heard a lot of good things about counter-strike at least it's it's offers a different twist into gaming and especially in the shooting industry but also it doesn't add to the experience if you're always lagging out of servers and you're just bouncing around like a rubber band so what are some things that we can address for this game like what are some kind what is something (laughs) new that counter-strike could do that is going to be awful i mean realistically we don't need another call of duty that's 10 times worse we already have Fortnite, right so um so for me i don't i don't know why we're uh even talking about the glitches in this game considering that you know looking at it they got like playstation 2 graphics on their last game so um but like that bad (laughs) they were pretty bad right so um but overall i mean expect a lot because it's a it's a brand new game coming out especially when it's only the second one um i for me it's like i i just don't see it being on the same level as you know something like call of duty or Fortnite or even x defiant actually so for yeah. so for me i i i would address a lot for this game yeah, there's definitely some things that could be addressed for Counter-Strike 2, and I'm glad you mentioned that we don't really need another B-Tech Fortnite or another B-Tech, um, what'd you say, Call of Duty? We don't... I like having the idea of a... You can't aim down sights unless you have a sight, but at the same time, that kind of ruins it because, you know, you look for that iron sights, right? You're looking for the whole M16-style iron sight, no red dot, no reticle, or anything else. Yeah. That makes it harder to shoot and that adds to the skill that's needed to actually perform in these games whereas you're just sitting there and constantly firing from the hip like that to me that doesn't really add into a good shooter experience but from what i've heard this is a very competitive game like counter-strike 2 is insanely competitive people have gone to esports with this people have won millions of dollars just playing counter-strike that's crazy for the five for the five people that are playing it i mean you know i mean like like not honestly like like seriously dude like if you want to get worse than Fortnite, i mean you go to apex right so i i just i just now we got like like i can i can name like a billion like really bad shooter games that we have that you know try to be like the next big call of duty thing that just don't end up getting there so for me, I just I just don't see I don't see the hype around it. That's fair. I think it was more silently announced to me, honestly. I wonder I why. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really hear much on this one, but at the same time, you know, it's nice to see that we're at least gaming industries are trying to they're trying to do something different. Like look at 
how Destiny, for example, how they do different seasons each time. They add something different, they add different patches, so it kind of adds into the more immersion, they're trying to add new features in for the players, and they're trying to listen to the community. Now, I don't know what the Counter-Strike community is like, I just know that there's a lot of boxes and people spending tons, thousands of money trying to get one knife that they can sell, but other than that, I really don't know too much about Counter-Strike other than it's very different than a Call of Duty game. Well, yeah, you can't aim, you, your aim sight can't go down, right? So I mean, so I mean, you you can only shoot really things that are in front of you. So, I mean, what does that do? That just brings me back to like the PlayStation Two games where it's like one direction. You know, what I mean, like I don't, I don't, I don't see the big hype over this. I mean, <laughs> if you want a little bit of nostalgia, I mean, go back to the PlayStation Two games. You don't got to go to Counter Strike, in my opinion. Honestly, you can go to one of the older Call of Duty games or even really? go, honestly, go to mobile. You can even go to Call of Duty mobile and you'll probably get a similar experience to me, at least, because I don't, I like having that boots on the ground, like, or even not even that. I like having the futuristic aspect where you're jumping around in jetpacks too. But even so, you're in the first person and you're actually like aiming down sights, sliding. It feels like you're actual an actual space soldier or you're an actual soldier in this setting. Whereas Counter-Strike, it's like, oh yeah, point, shoot, turn point like it doesn't it doesn't feel it feels very robotic yeah you know and, it feels and like it's not actually shooter based but more competitive style like this, yeah, this is yeah. where people can put their skills in yeah i mean like i said if i if i want to go play a worse game than call of duty i'm going to play fortnite so uh, you like, know what's funny what's funny on that is you know we used to hype up fortnite a lot too with I a mean, lot of the stuff i that still I, I still I still hype up Fortnite. I still like Fortnite and everything, but is it as good as Call of Duty? No, it, it has never been. So, I mean, once it comes to shooter games, Call of Duty is kind of like the goat of shooter games for me. So, to have another Counter-Strike coming out when the first one wasn't even that good to begin with, I mean, yeah, it was competitive, but at the same time, how many people were really playing it compared to Call of Duty? Like, I know I know, at least people are playing Warzone right now, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I don't, I've, I've never heard of somebody playing Counter-Strike, and if it is, it's a, it's a real, like, it, it's somebody that's trying to look for new games, you know what I mean? So, I mean, if you're trying to look for a new game that's worse than Call of Duty and worse than and worse than uh, Fortnite and, you know, X Defiant, and even if you want to go Apex. I mean, this is your game, hey. right? So, <laughs> and that's hard because if you know me, I'm very low on Apex, and I think Apex is one of the worst shooter games. So I think that for us to go even lower than Apex is crazy to me. Honestly, I want to take a little detour. Why do you think Apex is worse than Counter-Strike? Because let me just go on a tangent from me. Counter-Strike, or not Counter-Strike, Apex is just completely, I wouldn't even put it on the same level as Call of Duty, but it has different aspects where you're sliding around, you know, you can aim down the sights regardless of what you have. You have different abilities for this. It's like... The hitboxes are incredibly awful. Okay. I, a little bit, to a degree. I can see No, that. like, they are. Like, if you go into a shooter game and you shoot somebody three times, like, they should be done. And with Apex, you need to shoot them with, like, a whole clip. The, the hitboxes are 110% awful. It's either that or the bullets that they're using in the guns need to get boosted a little bit more because of the way that you're shooting. Like, I get it that Apex is supposed to be, like, that futuristic vibe and everything like that. But, like, I'm sorry, it doesn't mix with a shooter game. When I play a shooter game, I want war. And if, I'm, if I want war, I'm either going to Call of Duty or I'm going to Warzone. I mean, 
it just gets as simple as that. I mean, there are still war-related aspects in uh, in Apex. Oh, I'm sure I mean, there is. There, well, I there, mean, look at the arena mode. You know, yeah, you there are three on a small map. Like, it's gonna get hectic real quick. And there, I can, there are. Like, in, I get it when you're on a big map, like a what is it, battle royale? We call it. So once you're on a battle royale map, yeah, it's gonna get dry. It's gonna get boring because you're on a massive map. Like, imagine you're having 30 people on this battlefield-sized map. Like, you're not gonna run across anyone anytime soon. Like. How can you say it's going to get boring when Fortnite is like 10 times better than this and I don't get bored on a Fortnite game and that's all they have is Battle Royale. So I mean like for me I don't know I just don't I don't see the appeal. I really don't. I yeah. Compared to Fortnite, I can see that. You know I, what I mean just, like what's me, the, what's the other one? What's the other one that's like Fortnite and Apex that tried to be like the next big thing too? Like this is this is what this game is reminding me of because I forget the name of it. It was uh maybe it was the first one that came out actually, but it did it just didn't do as big as Fortnite and Apex. There was another one. I can't think of the name at the moment. Yeah, I, I, I'm sure it's somewhere. Sure. You see how irrelevant it is. That's how bad this game is going to be in my opinion. Like if it's worse than Apex for me, it's bad. So, I mean, all right. For to that standard, I could see that. I mean, Fortnite definitely is one of those games that set the battle royale standard. Other than Call of Duty, you know, because yeah, you better say Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> look, all right, look. <laughs> listen, I'm just saying. Listen. The difference. Hold on. The difference between <laughs> Fortnite and Call of Duty, at least for me, if you're talking from a battle royale aspect. Call of Duty focuses on a realistic battle royale, whereas Fortnite tries to focus on the fun. Like, when are you going to jump on a mushroom exactly. and just fly up in the air? Exactly. Whereas Call of Duty, you're literally jumping out of planes and you're trying to, like, hang glide and you're trying to pick up weapons on the ground. It My makes point it exactly. more realistic. My point so, exactly. To that That's... point, well, yeah. In Ace, Given Apex's setting, also, I think that it's, what is it, after Titanfall? That's, like, the whole setting of Apex. So, I guess at its core, honestly, Apex is just one of those games that it varies on the setting, you know? It's it's just different because of the setting. For me, the way that I look at Apex is, like, Apex is future is futuristic. That's the whole vibe for Apex, right? The, the vibe is supposed to be after we get off of planet Earth, right? That's supposed to be the whole thing of it, right? If I want that, one, Halo's a better game, okay? Okay. Two... Destiny is a better game. Definitely right about that. And three, the crazy thing is that Fortnite did the future did the futuristic part better than Apex did. So why am I going to go play Apex? What what does it bring to me? Nothing. You know what I mean? Each their own, I guess. I mean, to be fair, I just well, I was one of the people that played Apex from the beginning, and I just started playing it. I, to be fair, I did fall out for a little bit. And I started playing games like Fortnite, Call of Duty, Destiny. So from that point of view, I could see that. Yeah. But I guess compared to Counter-Strike, I think Apex is a clear winner. Compared yeah, to Counter-Strike. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. All right. Compared to Counter-Strike. That's what, that, yeah, okay. I can, I can say that because Counter-Strike is going to be 110% a flop, in my opinion. You think, okay, you think it's going to be like bad, bad. Yeah, I think it's going to be a flop. Just because of its lag issues? Not even just because of the lag issues, but because of the aim down sight thing. That really turns me off onto a shooter video game. I can't look in every single direction. Why am I playing? You know what I mean? I mean think about the diff- think about the rough start that Fortnite had. You know, it's like 
But it's and I said it. the so same you know, thing. And I but said I'm the just same saying, thing. Like Fortnite has what is it? They introduced building for the first time. Yeah, it's a brand new thing. People are not going to like that. Some people aren't going to like that. But it picked up momentum later. So maybe playing devil's advocate here, uh, Counter Strike might be able to pick up later because of this. It's just new, so people aren't really getting used to it yet. And once they get used to that, now they're going to be like, oh, okay, this game is actually kind of fun. Then they meet up with Call of Duty and Warzone. That, that, that's, that's as real as I can be with you. Like, if I'm going to go play a non-realistic shooter game, I'm going to go play Fortnite. Fortnite has done a very good job at bringing a different dynamic into a shooter game. Okay? And they've done it better than Apex. So, if I don't want the realistic vibe, I'm going for Fortnite. If I do want the realistic war vibe from a shooter video game... I'm going to play Warzone or I'm going to play Call of Duty because especially with what we just talked about a few weeks ago, when they're bringing back the best versions of the game, they're just going to be on another level than everybody else in the next coming years. This is the one time I think that Activision's starting to pick up the pace and they're starting to do something right. So yeah. definitely compared to Counter-Strike, they're going to be doing something. Yeah, 110%. But anyway, we're going to wrap up this segment. You know, pretty heated debate on talking about counter-strike we just hit it off with a bang don't hate us too much but at the same time sorry not sorry <laughs> comment on the post bro i'll comment with you don't worry <laughs> yeah honestly just you know what drop it down below what do you think your thoughts on counter-strike 2 are do you hate the game do you love it do you think it has potential so we're gonna drop once we drop this video and if you're listening on audio drop it down in the comments or in the poll that we're gonna leave up and coming up next we're gonna have our very special micro megabytes stay tuned <laughs> Everybody, welcome back to another 1-0 segment. I am Live Zone, the one, the only, the legendary. And I'm here with Next Step. Next Step, we got something crazy to talk about, okay? What's We've up? been dealing with this for years. Microsoft are the kings of gaming. <laughs> no, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving. I'm done. <laughs> Microsoft won the console war. Next up, let's get into it a little bit. All right. So what the details on is on this is we just got a tweet releasing from Modern Warzone talking about the breaking news of Microsoft's acquisition of Activision and Blizzard has been approved by UK regulars, which we already knew that Microsoft was going to do this. And Xbox has basically been trying to win the console wars, which they unfortunately did. But because of this deal, this $68.7 billion acquisition is now going to be finalized. So rather than the initial date of it being 2024, they just pushed that back up. And it's probably going to be happening either this year or the beginning of next year. So it might still be 2024, but essentially they just tremendously pushed it up and they're putting them gears forward. So, so for all my sports fans out there that listen to Live Zone Sports, what we're hearing is Madden, 2K, um, the MLB, the show, UFC, all these games that we've wanted to be cross-platform are now going to be cross-platform because of Microsoft doing this deal. And another quick mention that we should make is Call of Duty is going to be on Game Pass now because Activision owns Call of Duty. And because of the partnership, they're going to be on Game Pass. So... This is going to change the entire 
Call of Duty landscape because now you have Xbox players and PlayStation players, and I'm pretty sure PC too. I'm, I'm 100% sure. Yeah, yep. PC players too. So now you have all three, and you're honestly, I'm going to admit it. Don't forget the Switch, the Switch and, as well. Okay, yeah, the Switch, the Switch un- will be, for, for the games that are on Switch, it will also be part of that. You know fair. what I mean? Nintendo even will so, also be part of it. Even so, I will admit this one thing that Microsoft has been doing something that Sony hasn't been doing, and it's cross-platform. Everyone knows that Sony is afraid of cross-platform for some reason when it's one of the biggest marketing methods that could be done to reach everyone in the gaming community. And while on PlayStation at heart, like, that's... You're missing out so much. Like, you could be playing... Look at Destiny. They finally went to cross-platform, and they drew in everyone. Their bases went skyrocketing. So if Sony or PlayStation could be doing something like that, their money would just go crazy up. And you know that's... They're kind of like EA in a way. They're trying to focus all about the money, but they're missing the biggest opportunity, and Microsoft unfortunately got to it before. I think that's the problem. All right? That's the problem with this whole thing is Microsoft... And Xbox basically said, we're going to give you a swift kick in the ass. That's what we got out of Microsoft. And I'm that person. I'm always going to say that I was a PlayStation person because PlayStation is what I grew up with. But if you ask me what console I'm playing on right now, it's Xbox. And the reason why is because they have more cross, uh, cross-platform games than PlayStation does. Do I think PlayStation is the better console? Yes. But when it comes down to the the games and the things that you're playing on that console, Xbox is the way to go, and they're showing you exactly why they are number one. Shout out to my brother. He'll love that one a lot. As much as I hate to admit it, you're right, Labzone. You're right. But we're going to wrap up this Micro Megabytes. Coming up next, we have our very special game of the week, everyone's favorite. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the third segment, everyone's favorite game of the week. We're back, and you know what we're talking about this time. We were just talking about glitches for the past two, and we're talking about failed mistakes. Well, you know, this is one of the ones that had the roughest start out there, and we're talking about Cyberpunk 2077. Now, funny- Did you say one of them? One of, okay, all right. You you caught me, you caught me, there's a lot. But funny enough, they've been revamping their game a lot. And now they just released something called Phantom Liberty, and it's a DLC for this game, where essentially you come back as the mercenary V and you're playing as a freedom fighter who is trying to save a president from what I know. And the best part, Black Superman, Idris Elba is back. He's one of the characters. His name is Reed in the game amongst a bunch of other characters. I personally haven't played it, but I've heard a lot of good things. And honestly, I'm kind of hyped to see where this game is going to go. So what changed from the past, of, or at least the startup, from Cyberpunk 2077? And would you play it even with this DLC? Uh, the problem was that they released it too early. Yep. I mean, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. They were trying to reach out to people saying, oh, this is going to be the biggest game ever. This is going to be the best game ever. And then after that, hyped it up so much that, you know, the hype started to die down because they did it too early and they released the game too early because of it. And then after that, we had a bunch of glitches and a bunch of things that made the game unplayable. I think that when it comes to startups, this is one of the worst startup games that is still around right now in video game history. Like this, this game was supposed to be amazing. 
amazing and what we got is a subpar half-ass video game because the hype died down because you hyped it up too early that's the thing they hyped it that's up too early and that's too what much I'm no i get yeah. you they hyped it up too early too much and they're promising all of these things releasing some really solid gameplay so we not even the fact that they messed up on that part the marketing was there they did everything right for the marketing everyone was on board and ready for this project but as soon as it came out you know cars are flying in the sky you're getting killed from a random npc just walking past you like things like that are what make games unplayable and while people remember these moments and record them it you're still trying to play the game you know you're still trying to get that cyberpunk experience everyone wants wow words everyone wants to have that super futuristic that cybernetic you know punch in mercenary and everything and for my anime watchers you know what is it cyberpunk edge runners so you know how that how that anime was where you're hacking into the mainframe and everything so this game had a very rough start but to me i think that phantom liberty is a good way for it to build up its momentum again even though short i would say shortly after they did patch it again at least they patched the game up again so i think that phantom liberty this with the new district the new levels the new characters boss fights and all of that I think that this is going to be another level up. For me, <clears throat> this is just another marketing thing for me. I think bringing in the characters that you brought in um, and bringing in the new uh, DLC or season, whatever you want to call it, for the game was just another marketing tactic to be like, hey, yo, we're still here and you guys are not. And it's our fault, but here you go. Would I play this game? Based off of what I experienced the first time, no, I returned the game right away as soon as I got it because of how bad it was. But do I think that it's a lot better than where it was at before? Yes, but unfortunately the game is ruined for me. And I'm sure a lot of the fans that are out there that got the game when it first came out will tell you that they're not going to play the game because they messed it up. And, and the window's closed. The win it's too late. The window is gone. The ship has sailed. We're on to newer, better video games. And that one's just going to be left in the dust. I mean, that's, that's the reality of it. And honestly, it's kind of like No Man's Sky in a way, too. Because No Man's Sky had a really, I'd say, had a really decent start. And they hyped it up very well. But that momentum was failing to carry, and it just exponentially went down. So it just dropped a lot of momentum, and just people did not like the game until they started actually realizing and listening to the community, saying this is what they need to fix, this is what they need to do. And then they started expanding on it, plus some extra. And now the game is hyped back up. So I think that's why I like this Phantom Liberty, because honestly, for me, Keanu Reeves being in the game, that's what sold me. <laughs> I just wanted to fight alongside Keanu Reeves. But... I just think that this is a this Phantom Liberty DLC is a great way for uh, Cyberpunk 2077, at least the creators, to build up that momentum again and try and get that uh, ball rolling, even though the window's closed. It, at least try and open it. They're trying to do something, you know. They're trying to add more popular characters or actual popular figures into the game and improve on it. So, and let's be honest, the map is huge. Cyberpunk, you're, it's a free roam map. You can do whatever you want. You're going through missions. And you actually have to find stuff like you have to look around the whole map for like that to me that's all that you can ask for but the rough start that they had like you said live zone it just it makes it hard to try and build that momentum up yeah it, it killed the game for me and I'm, I'm sure i'm not the only one that says that i mean like i said i look at fortnite 
Just, they did cyber pretty damn good in my eyes, right? So, like, if I want a cyber thing based off of, you know, the games that I was playing, I'm going to head over to Fortnite before I head over to a cyber video game. That's that's the crazy part for me. That's telling you that this game's windows closed. Yes, do, do people deserve a second chance? Always. But what we have seen with this is that it was supposed to be the biggest, the baddest, and the best, and it ended up falling on its face. I don't think it entirely fell on its face. It fell on its face, sure. For the most part. But it's starting to get back up. I think that this Phantom Liberty DLC, it's been getting a lot of hype, from, especially from the Destiny players, because if you remember what we talked about a few weeks ago or last week with the whole server glitch DLC, or not DLC, but this whole server glitch that was going on where they were being DDoSed, that really played an impact on the amount of Destiny players that they had at the time. So, and they all went to Cyberpunk. So I think that this Phantom Liberty is a way for them to say, hey, we have this basis back, let's try and keep it. You know, they're trying to do something to keep it. I I disagree because for me, what this shows is that it's a second option or a third option based off of the games that people were playing already. If Destiny is not in full control and is in trouble and dealing with stuff yes this is a good second third option for a video game i rather no man's sky than this but if i'm gonna be playing one of these video games yes it is a good third option i'm not saying that but am i going to have it as one of my main games that i play every single day no and if you ask any other destiny player maybe other than you then i think that they say the same thing I mean, if Destiny is not around, I would definitely pick this as a second option. I mean, compared to No Man's Sky, I think No Man's Sky is a great game. But to me, I'm looking for that more what could the future look like, whereas No Man's Sky is this is so far in the future, This we don't even know if this is real or not. Cyberpunk 20, it's at least somewhat realistic. To a degree, it's some... Okay, look at it from the grand scale. You're still, you know, there's flying cars. Sure, this is... it's. To a degree, it's still like a future that we hope for. So, like, let's just look at, I don't know, Back to the Future, what they thought 2015 would look like, you know? Something like that. They thought we would have flying cars and all of this mechanized chaos and whatever. So I think transitioning from one game to another, yes, this would be a second choice, but I think it's still valid, like a valid second choice, you know? All right, so question. Because No Man's Sky is based off of different planets, right? Yep that we don't know about that we're experiencing for the first time you're gonna tell me that this isn't this you're gonna tell me that this is too far into the future i don't think so i think that you know depending on which route you go with it i mean both of them could happen in 10 15 years but do i want to play a game that i can go different places all the damn time and not know which one i'm getting or do i want to maybe deal with some glitches maybe deal with a patch and then after that play a subpar game for me i'm gonna take no man's sky every single day of the week i think it also it compares the two or it's comparing the two different types of categories the games are in one is dealing with space the other one is dealing with technology now while no man's sky definitely has technological aspects in it no or Cyberpunk also focuses on, oh yeah, you're this souped up cyber person, cyber mercenary, and you're trying to go around and fight in Night City or, you know, the Badlands and whatever. Like, to me, 
it really depends on what you're trying to appeal to. And I think Cyberpunk 2077, they're trying to appeal like this is what a possible future could look like if cyber in cyber, what's the word I'm looking for? Cybernetics were introduced into the world early. Whereas if you look at No Man's Sky, this feels like what happens after humans are gone, what happens after Earth, you know, after we uh, after we interact with the aliens and all of this, like you have mul- you're interacting with multiple different cultures. Like you said, it's a great game. You're exploring different planets, meeting up with different aliens, discovering the past. That's the whole basis running of space. Running from aliens. <laughs> running from aliens. Yeah, that's definitely a big one. If you listen to Ancient, you know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah, Blizzone's a little <laughs> scarred from that moment <laughs> where I did have to come but and I'm them. still playing it over Cyberpunk. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> hey, look, I mean, it just shows you like space over cybernetics. <laughs> that's all I can say. And to be fair, you'd be right. Space can be cool, and, like way cooler than cybernetic aspects. But to me... I've always had a special place for cybernetics, and that's why I like cyberpunk, because appealing to that cybernetic aspect of, yeah, you can just mod out your whole arm, put out like a flamethrower, put something where you can just tap on a screen and now you're just hacking into it. Something like that. That just seems super cool to me because it appeals me being a cyber guy. I like appealing into that. Okay, touch a piece of technology, you control it or touch it and you just completely have all the data or do whatever you want. Like, I love that aspect of just modification over completely, like, change or complete, what's the word I'm looking for? Not, like, creation. That's the word. Modification over just complete recreation. I think that's what I'm just thinking. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess. I mean, like I said, all games deserve a second chance, but for me, if I'm looking at this, it's just a third option game for me. And two, okay, I can see that. This, to me, I guess we're looking at the Phantom Liberty DLC too. Cyberpunk, it had a rough start, but this DLC, it's, it might be rough, might not. It really depends on who you're talking to. Yep. So we're going to wrap up the game of a week. Let us know what you think about Cyberpunk 2077. We're sure that you have some hot opinions on this, so make sure you tell us, are they, is it whack? Is it cool? Like, what do you think this DLC and what do you think this game in general would do? So coming up next, we're going to blast to the past, talk about all this future stuff, and we're going to take it to the 8-Bit Endeavors. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the 1-0 Podcast. As you know, I am the one, the only, the legendary Live Zone. And I'm You know here. me. You know me, so I had to cut you off. I got to do my intro. You know everybody did my intro. <laughs> I am the next up, the next up above the rest. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, as you know, we were talking last few weeks earlier before that about street racing and all that stuff. Now we're going to head into a more 8-bit Endeavor racing game here. I'm going to let you take it off. What we got going on? Well, everyone knows what go-karts are, right? You know, these are the kind of ones where you just go into a track. Keep that in mind. Track. <laughs> and you're going out and you're just... You know, having fun with friends, you're going to the local amusement park and you just, you know, everyone knows like bumper cars and all of that. Well, one of the things that kind of started this is Super Mario. Everyone knows the digital Super Mario, the one, a.k.a. Jumpman, that started going through the territories and all of that. Well, Japan decided, decided to put the two together and we got Super Mario Kart, which in this case is Mario Kart 64. One of the first ones of the Mario Kart series to come out. This is where you start seeing the characters like Mario, Luigi, 
Waluigi, Bowser, Princess Peach, all of them come back into a non-hostile setting or a non-story-based setting, I would say, because it's definitely hostile, but a non-story-based setting. And they're just racing out on these tracks. Like everyone knows Rainbow Road. Everyone knows all these chaotic tracks where you're just trying to fight with your friends for first place. And I want to ask, you know, how did this Mario Kart or really just Mario Kart in general shape racing in video games? And what can we learn from a cartoon style go-kart video game for the future? Um, shape racing. I mean, for me, this is the first racing game with power ups, um, because True. like we don't we don't really see that. But like with Mario Kart, like when you hit those, when you hit those, the question blocks. Yeah, the question blocks. You get a power lift, right? So we have that. The one, the thing that I do want to mention in this is that you know, in the Mario Kart that everybody. Th- knows of and everybody plays on the Wii and everything like that that had like Sonic in it and other characters that you wouldn't originally see on the Nintendo 64 version of Mario Kart I do say that one thing about this game that I like is it has instead of having the map in the corner you have the map under you so it's kind of like a half and half screen but you see where everybody is on the map and everything like that I like that um very, very uh, old racing game with directional and all that stuff. But yeah. is the game fun? 110%. You're not going to see like the Galaxy uh, map track that you have on the Mario Kart. This is more of just like a regular track Mario Kart racing game. Um, if you like the, you know, th- this was supposed to be more of a kid's game that could also put the realism in racing in the same game. That's what this game was about. That's true. And it definitely offered a different dynamic for racing games in general because a lot of the games that you'd see coming around this time, like Gran Turismo, I think there was a new Forza game coming around at that time or at least around the era of that. So they were still pixelated, but they were more based on actual cars, actual racing. They weren't really focused on the cartoon aspect or how much fun do you see yourself having in this rather than saying how much fun are you going to have when you step on behind the wheel, you know, implementing power ups, implementing other tracks, you know, what is it? Obstacles that are in the middle of the track. This started with Mario Kart. This is one of the things that was one of the core foundations for racing games in the future. And that's why I think that Mario Kart just had such a big impact. And not to mention the more they developed, I know, sorry, I saw you were going for another point. Um, Not to mention that they were still developing onto that. So, you know, they were developing the Mario story. And with that, they were developing Mario Kart because now we're like, what, Mario Kart 8? So they developed that. They developed the story behind Mario Kart. They developed all of the characters. My favorite is Shy Guy. Everyone knows Black Shy Guy. That's the way to go. (laughs) But honestly, I really... I really like the dynamic and the style that Mario Kart decided to take with spinning racing into a more fun setting, like how you imagine yourself as a kid in the middle or riding with your uh, parent in a go-kart, how you see the track that you're on. This is, this is like the actual embodiment of that. Yeah. And, um, another thing that I wanted to say is this, this, this didn't, uh, uh, words, this (laughs) just didn't give us racing with the characters that we love in Nintendo all in one. This was also the start of putting two games together that you wouldn't think be together put in one. The biggest example that I can give the most, like 
popular example, we go back to Fortnite. You take cartoons and then you put them with a shooter game. Yep. This started out with Mario Kart. This is where we first started seeing this type of game come through. Has it graduated and went on to bigger things? Yes, Mario Kart Obviously, we all know it now. It's an amazing game still to this day. But that's the thing that I want to push out is the things with these type of games, when you take two unlike games and put them together, they last a long time. Yep. They last a very long time. And that's good for the gaming industry, especially like Nintendo. I will say with Mario Kart, for me anyways, this is really the first um video game that is not say the main video game on the main platform or on the main console like mario kart the one that we all know has started it started out on the wii and then after that it got popular on the wii and then it went to ds where ds was the main platform with this one it's on the nintendo 64 which was the main platform at the time for nintendo Right. So I just wanted to point that out as well. No, it makes total sense. You know, they know what they were doing for the marketing aspect, saying, okay, yeah, we're going to appeal to the DS. This is what's popular. We're going to appeal to the Game Boy. I think there was one on the Game Boy as well. So they're focusing on what's popular to make sure that kids that are playing these consoles, that are mostly playing these consoles, they're going to remember what this feels like. And even as they grow up, you know, us playing uh, Mario Kart 8, we're still going to feel that nostalgia from, oh, I remember this. This is what go-karting feels like. Oh, I remember the power-ups, you know, Rainbow Road, all of this. It's all going to come back together. And it's been preserved for so long, starting in what, 96? I think it's 1996. Uh, yeah, December 14th, 1996 for Japan and 97 in uh, US. So the fact that they were able to preserve this from all the way back when to now, that's that just shows the level of creativity that they had when developing this game and how much they thought about, maybe they didn't even think about it. They just said, oh, this is a great concept for a game. Let's just see how far we can push it. But it shows how well that they thought about this game. And and not even just that, another thing that I also do want to say is this is kind of like how, you know, um, say Activision has Call of Duty, right? So they have the Call of Duty game that comes out and then they have Warzone. Nintendo really was the first people to do that because they had Mario Bros or Mario whatever the Mario game was at the time. I think it was I think it was actually called Mario 64, right? I'm pretty I sure. So. Uh so with that they then added the second part of it which was Mario Kart 64, right? right. So they added that little mini game base thing for the players that didn't want to play mario but wanted to be the character mario yeah. you know what i mean another thing that i will say is is that i personally think that this was the real start of mario kart yes there was one before mario kart 64 but this was the real version that kicked off the versions for the future yeah no, you're definitely right, because it's like like we said before, it's a way for them to appeal to our childhood aspects as we grow up. So the fact that they started to you know introduce these new ideas and concepts, similar to how Fortnite decided to introduce building in a battle royale, once battle royales were it, like that was what was popular, yeah. and they just changed the whole dynamic. This is what 
the creator. This is what Nintendo did for Mario at the time. They're just trying to switch the whole dynamic, and I really love that. Yeah, and uh, another thing that I want to point out is that in this Mario Kart game, you couldn't play with your friends. It was a one-player game. So for all the Mario Kart players out there right now that are playing online with their friends and inviting their friends over to the game or whatever it is that you guys are doing now, because I personally (laughs) don't have Nintendo, so I don't know how that works. But for all the people that are playing the Mario Kart now... Imagine what it was like when you had to play alone, right? So that's the thing that I'm getting at is like we we talk about all the hidden secrets of Nintendo games, especially Mario games. This is kind of the games that it started with because you had to play one player. Yeah. And even so, when they developed that, they started including like LAN parties and things like that, where you actually had to bring your TV and you had to bring the console over just to connect to someone else. Correct. Like that was... The fact that they leveled up from that to now where we can just be on something like this and just connect from across each other. Like, I love that. It just it just proves my point that two alike games that come together as one last a very long time. Very long time. So, so we're going to wrap up this 8-Bit Endeavor segment. Great blast of the past that we had. But now we're going to take it back to the future and we're going to see where things are going to be going. So stay tuned. On the way up. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the fifth and final segment of today's episode. I'm next up, the next up above the rest, and I'm here with Live Zone, the one, the only, the legendary Live Zone. <laughs> but yeah, you already know we're back with our final segment, and this is the Futurescape. We have already been talking about the future a lot in this episode. So might as well keep the trend and we're going to talk about a little bit more technology. And speaking of that, you know, we were talking about cyberpunk a little bit earlier, right? We were talking about what would happen with cybernetic augmentations, what would happen if you could just mod yourself out. But what if all you had was your brain and your heart and your head just for cybernetics, all of that? Well, funny enough, we already have something like that. And his name is Robocop. And this is one of the characters that's just one of the forces of justice that has been completely modified in this robotic suit. But now he has a modernized game and it's called Robocop Rogue City. And it's going to I feel like it's going to change how people view Robocop. And it's also going to change how the cybernetic aspect or what people think the future is going to be like. This is going to change it. So. How does RoboCop compare to other games, and what new dynamic will this new RoboCop game bring? I see a lot of graphics based off of the Tom Clancy Division games. Um, yes. That's that's the that's the vibe that I'm getting from this. I mean, just even the watching the you know character walk around and everything like that throughout a Rex City and all that. I mean, it just reminds me a lot of Division, and it looks like they're going off of that route. Um, I also see a little bit of the cyberpunk graphics as well, where it's like the newer part of the graphics mixed with how Tom Clancy Division 2 game was like, it's like a mesh between those two and then adding Robocop into it as the main character. I mean, I think it's going to be a good game. No, I agree. And I like how you mentioned that they're combining the two aspects because 
Let's talk about how it's not the new RoboCop. You know, if you've seen the movie, it's the all sleek, blacked out one. It's the traditional RoboCop, the one from the beginning. So I like how they're appealing to that. And not only that, they're actually, you know, they're adding new aspects to it, but they're also making sure that it appeals to the players in a new way. So like, for example, like you mentioned with Division 2, you have the interfaces of just, you have the whole map layout when you press it, you've got the technology and all of this. And if you've seen the gameplay, it's got a whole, it's got a retro layout of just the green, the, you know, the, the static binary green, but it's graphic in a way to where it makes it look modern. And that's what I love about this game is they're still appealing to the retro aspect, but at the same time, they're making it look extremely modern and keeping up with the times and i love that yeah and i mean that's the first game that we talked about the shooter game that's exactly what they're not doing you know what i mean so i mean that's that's what i'm getting from this i mean same with cyberpunk i mean cyberpunk is just you know a waste of a game at the moment because of the glitches that it had in the beginning but with this this is a new start new hype new game are we going to see some patches are we going to see some glitches maybe but what i'm getting from this is the hype around it the look around it and what we're getting out of it based off of retro and futuristic i'm really liking the connection that we're having with robocop right now and i think this game is going to be one to play for the ages Absolutely. And especially if you want to talk about the older games, the older RoboCop games that were coming out, because those were Xbox, right? Pretty sure those were just Xbox. Correct. Well, thankfully, this game is not a PlayStation exclusive. Sad to say, because, you know, this would be the one hand that PlayStation would be able to deal. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's good to see that this game is branching out. So it's nice that it's not going to be a PlayStation exclusive. So the graphics are obviously going to be great on all of it even though playstation was the one to announce it this is going to be huge this is definitely going to be huge so so what i'm hearing with this is robocop it started off as an xbox game xbox kind of flopped on it the first game wasn't that good and then after that you know we get this now where playstation's picking it up basically another man's trash is someone else's gold you know what i mean so like I think I think PlayStation picking this up is a great idea. Do I think it's going to be just on PlayStation? Don't know. Um, I think it's going to be on PC as well. But I don't think you see this on Xbox. To be honest with you, I really don't because PlayStation was the one to put it out there. And usually, when a console puts it out there, it's not going to the other console. So it, it's going to PC. It's going to the Nintendo because they're not in, they're not in. Um, console war but when it comes to Xbox I mean Xbox has done it too where we thought that you know uh, that it was released by Xbox we thought it was going to be on PlayStation as well and then it ended up just being on play uh, on Xbox I think that's what we're going to get from Robocop I don't think it's going to be a PlayStation exclusive but I think it will be on PlayStation and not Xbox well it definitely is not going to be a PlayStation exclusive they made sure to announce it yeah but I feel like it's going to be on Xbox because Honestly, let's just flip it around. You know, we were talking about how PlayStation were missing out on crossplay. Well, now if this was not on Xbox, imagine the people that they're not reaching because of that. So I feel like if, even if they didn't, you know, put it on Xbox, they're losing a lot of money because of that. So I think the fact that this game, the creators, they want to branch out to, you know, all of the consoles. They're bringing out Nintendo. They're bringing out Xbox, PlayStation, whatever. And... The fact that all these players can connect, I don't know if it's multiplayer or not. I don't see it being multiplayer. But even so, 
the fact that they're reaching all of these players for this game, that's a step in the right direction. You know, they're making sure. Now, can you do me a favor? Can you tell me when this game is going to be coming out? Oof, that is a good question. I believe it's going to be coming out in next month. It's going to be November 2nd, 2023, according to my sources called Google. <laughs> but so yeah. in that case, for it to be on Xbox, Xbox has or Microsoft, I should say, Microsoft has to get that deal done before RoboCop comes out. I would say so. I mean, if they want it to be solely on Xbox, then that's, yes, that's what they would have to do. As of right now, at least it's showing that it's going to be the new gen consoles, PlayStation 5 and Xbox S and Series X, or Series X and Series S, excuse me. So I, I don't know. I don't really know where to take it because, you know, it's just something we haven't really heard too much about. But at the same time, it's it has a lot of potential. Like we mentioned before, it has new graphics. It has a new new aspect to it it's bringing back the past so we really just got to see like what's going to happen with this game yeah i definitely agree i think it's going to be one for the ages definitely one to play at least once in your lifetime um but i think that you know you should definitely give this one a try because based off of what i'm seeing the game looks very promising yeah i'm really hoping they do some crazy collabs too you know how they do like mortal kombat how robocop was in mortal kombat i'd be imagine if yeah, imagine if they had some Mortal Kombat-based skins in this game, just for fun. Like, that would be really cool. Or, you know, Mortal Kombat 1, the fact that that game's coming out soon. I think it's already released. I'm not too sure. but Yeah, I think it is. One of the two. It's already released. I think it is, oh, yeah. One of the two. But if they would add maybe Robocop back into that, or maybe they're going to try and add new characters back. I can't say. But this is definitely a way to revive an old legacy that legacy being RoboCop. 110%. Because not many people really know about RoboCop. You know, when you think, when you say RoboCop, you think of a robotic cop. You don't think of the RoboCop, the one in silver armor with the gun that comes out just like, yeah. you, don't, you don't think of that. Yeah. So I, I mean, I love this. I mean, I guess that just depends on childhood. But, you know. I, yeah, that's also true. <laughs> but let's just hope that y'all had a good childhood and you remember who RoboCop is. And even if you didn't, I mean, you're going to have a great chance to revive that. Yep, 110%. So we're going to close out this segment, and we're going to close out this episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. And we are going to post this on YouTube. Make sure you drop your comments for all of the questions that we've been asking. You know, what do you think Counter-Strike is going to be, the state of Cyberpunk, and honestly, any comments that you want to know about the podcast or in just 1.0 in general. On top of that, make sure to go check out consumption.live. That's where we're going to be posting all of our schedules. Still a little bit of stuff about us. And, you know, that's where you're going to find all of our podcasts. And let's make sure not to forget, we got Spotify as well. We got to, oh, we're always on Spotify. And before we go, I just want to ask you guys, have you subscribed yet? Because yeah. we've been putting out this content every single week, twice a week for you. Going to be three times a week for you once we announce the big announcement. So if I was you, I would definitely get with it before it gets big. Thanks for tuning in to 1-0 Podcast. This concludes today's episode. Be sure to follow the Consumption Network on social medias and stay updated with the latest content drops. Up next up, I'm Live Zone, and we'll, we'll see, see you on, on the, the next level. level.